1: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
0: Hello, I'm Scott Soschnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and this is the Fire Sale and Flushing Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast.
1: High marks for enthusiasm, <laughs> high marks for creativity, high marks, you know I love alliteration. I love alliteration as love well. Love the alliteration. Uh, I'm just not sure about accuracy.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That's. I mean, I'm, I guess that's the discussion. That's Are we sure discussion. Verlander's going? Are no. we sure Verlander's No, I'm the, not right, sure Verlander's right, right. Sure. going. Right, but we do know Scherzer's gone.
0: Scherzer's gone. David Robertson is gone. Uh, it, it feels as though we're talking about the New York Mets, for folks who don't know New York Meet geography, The Mets, play in Flushing, Queens. The, Mets. Um, the highest payroll in baseball this year, $345 million, I believe. New owner Steve Cohen, when he bought the team a couple of years ago, made it clear that he was willing to spend to put a great team on the field. This offseason, it looked like that was the team, a, a, a great team, and and they have underperformed. So far, uh, one of a number of teams, Scott, we're, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so a little bit more than 24 hours before the trade deadline. The Mets and the Padres, two of the, the biggest spending teams in baseball, both sitting pretty far out of playoff, playoff spots right now. Um, yeah, it's an interesting time right now in baseball, and especially for for the Mets and for Mets fans who entered the season with a lot of high expectations and are uh, rapidly losing uh, losing faith in them.
1: Right, so you lose to Grom, he goes to Texas. Yep. Right. Okay, so he's hurt. So you're the best pitcher in baseball in and nationally, whatever, you lose him. Okay, but you bring in Verlander and Scherzer. So you think you're, you're a better team. Of course, those are elder statesmen. <laughs> no, notice I, I, I said elder statesmen. I didn't say old. They are elder statesmen. And by the way, they both seem to have enough left in their arms. It's not like you see like they're, they're, you know no gas in the tank. I think Scherzer's ERA was around four. Am I right with that? So I, don't know the, I'm not a, I think it's around. I, hey, listen guy, to me. I, I read our Barry Bloom stuff. I think his ERA wow. is around four. Thank you very much. <laughs> Good for but you. But what I heard about Scherzer was he, this and this stuff I, I chuckle at, he changed the perception of the franchise. You know, like it showed that they were championship contenders when he came here to join. I'm like, does, do people really believe that stuff? Like, does that stuff still sell? Uh, or is that like, does that permeate locker rooms? Oh, Scherzer's here. We, you know, oh, we're, we're for real now, you know? G- give me give me, uh, De La Cruz, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, I felt this way
0: when the Mets signed Pedro Martinez 20 years ago, right? That yeah, changed right, right. the perception of the franchise. Um, yeah, this you know is, what changes
1: the perception? Winning. Winning. Yeah, winning and, changes and, the perception. Not, not, not who's there. you got to come and haven't win.
0: haven't really done that. And, and, and the Mets are, right now, I think they're six and a half games out of, out of the final wild card spot. So by no means eliminated from the playoffs by any means and could easily turn this around with the talent that they have even left on the team right now. And, and make the playoffs. I feel like they're caught. They're caught in this weird middle ground, right? Where you're, you're not a, a surefire playoff team. The deadline comes up. Do you do you sell? Do you buy? Do you do you sit? Uh, and and at least the the first two deals. And I'm talking about David Robertson and, and, and Matt Scherzer, both pitchers. Feels like Steve Cohen is leaning towards the, the well. a sem- month ago he said I'm a patient here. man.
1: Remember yeah. remember the press conference before the game. I'm a patient guy. You can't yeah. you can't go go off half-cocked and just start jettisoning people. He's like, because then nobody wants to work for you. They understand. People in the business know that things take time. I guess maybe a month was enough time. (laughs) (laughs) But but they're picking up some salary uh, of Scherzer. And if you look at the highest paid players in baseball, by the way, Scherzer sits at number two. (laughs) Verlander sits at number three. three. (laughs) And if I got two and three on my pitching staff in terms of highest paid players in the entire game, I'm Expecting a postseason appearance.
0: Yeah. And, and, so. and, and not to, I, don't, I don't know if you want to keep talking about the Mets, but I do sure. want to talk about the, the, the person who's about to be number one on that list is Shohei Ohtani. Yes. To me, this is one of the most interesting business stories happening in, in sports right now. Shohei is in the final year of his deal with the Angels. He's um, going to be, no matter who signs him, the highest paid player in baseball history. I think you and I would probably agree with that. Um, the, the Angels looked at, it looks like, tried, thought about trading him for a little bit, took him off the market and are now, they're also sitting outside of playoff, a, a playoff spot a little closer than the Mets but they seem to be all in right now on making the playoffs this year with Shohei and and maybe bringing in enough talent to, to make it interesting for him to resign but the Angels are now because they chose to hang on to him they, they run the risk of essentially losing the best player in baseball for for virtually nothing if he decides to sign elsewhere after this season a, a really big risk by already virtually nothing is it nothing uh, I, I don't know. Is there a compensation? There may be I, like a compensatory I, pick or something like that. I, I don't know exactly. But uh, yeah, a, a huge risk right here. They probably could have got a pretty decent return for him, even for 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 six months of uh, you know, of, of temporary work before it was time to resign. And they're rolling the dice. And, and, and it seems very clear that they believe that they have a shot of resigning him to a bigger deal at the end of the season.
1: Well, that's it. My, the question I would have if you're Artie Moreno and you had a chance to put $3 billion in your in your pocket and sell the franchise right? Yep. I mean, then that, that's probably not going anywhere is are the offers lower. We know at least one of the folks looking at the team was from Japan. Mm-hmm. And you would think that of course, that Shohei Otani's presence was at least part of that. What, what's his value to the team? If we're talking about on, on a sale, if he's not there, are they a hundred million dollars less, 200 million? The, the point is that Artie Moreno can put a lot of money in his pocket. If he does decide to go through with the sale, of the franchise he has got to, and you would think he has got to believe that he has got a better than good chance at re-signing Otani.
0: Has to believe that.
1: Yeah. He has to believe that, right? Otherwise, it's just making the playoffs this year is not enough. Like, do you think this is a World Series winning team with a, that? That doesn't seem to be it. So you're thinking, let's let's keep them here. Let's make a run if we make the postseason. That's just another notch in our belt in sort of the argument arsenal for why you should stay in Anaheim. The
0: the Angels have not won a playoff game, Scott, since 2009. And I know there are hockey fans out there that feel like the Edmonton Oilers have dramatically underperformed with two of the best players, if not the two best Ooh, players I wasn't in sure hockey. where you were going there. But, okay. the, but the Angels, to, to have, have this run with Mike Trout, as dominant as he was, and then to fold uh, the new most dominant player in baseball into the mix there and still have not won a playoff game in almost 15 years, uh, I think is is pretty shocking. And and again, they're, they're, they're not in a playoff spot right now, but they certainly could make one if the back half of the year – goes well but but I agree with you there has to be some indication from him that he's at least willing to consider re-signing in Los Angeles with the Angels long term for them to run this risk because this is a big one and if if he decides to sign with the Dodgers or the Giants or the Mets whatever it is at the end of this season um, it's, it's going to look pretty rough for Artie Moreno and the Angels
1: all right. Can I go on the fan? First time, long time? Please. Like, you pretend you're mad dog, Novi Scott Williams Soshnick here. Scott from in uh, Glen Ridge, yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, you're on fan. Scott from Glen Ridge. <laughs> Thank you. I'm mean, First time, long time. Really happy to be here. Uh, I'm just curious, after, after that mention you just made, that reference, which is the more dominant twosome, if you were ranking them right now? <laughs> is it McDavid, Dreisaitl, or is it Trout Otani? Which is the more dominant twosome? I know where I'm leaning, but I'm just curious what you. think.
0: I, I've right now, and, and this may just be because I know more about hockey. I think it's the Oilers too. I, I think you yeah, make too. A, I think you make an argument that they're the two of the five best players in hockey, and I think Mike Trout maybe is is a little bit outside the top five best players in baseball at this point. But um, two years ago, I think it's a different, maybe a different argument. Um, but, yeah, again, I, I don't know enough about the. You're the stat guy here. You know what uh, Max well, Scherz's ERA is. I, I would is. like to what, see. What is, hard what for is Mike Trout hitting right now? What's his, uh, it's uh, not, what's it's his still lore? hard for
1: me to project what would Leon Dreisaitl be if he didn't play on a line with yeah. Connor McDavid, if he yeah, didn't be fair. on the power play with Connor McDavid, if he played for any other team. Whatsoever. He's a fantastic player, but he certainly benefits from playing with Connor McDavid, whereas Mike Trout, like he's going to do Mike Trout, whatever whether Shohei Ohtani on that team or not, I understand you got you know guys in the lineup protect. You. I I understand all that, but I'm still I'm going with those two as well. I think I agree with you.
0: Found an interesting stat in, in Barry, our colleague Barry Bloom's story about the about the Mets, the, the the teams that enter the the season, baseball teams with the four highest payrolls in baseball, the Mets, the Yankees, the Padres, and the Phillies all are sitting outside playoff spots right now. Uh, obviously, the, there's, there's there's some correlation, but not all correlation, between spending and success in baseball. The the Tampa Bay Rays have bucked that trend pretty much every year, I feel like, for the past decade or so. Uh, but I, I wonder if that's ever happened before. I'm, I'm pretty shocked that the the the, te- the four teams with the highest payroll, there's a chance that none of them are going to make the playoffs. And that is, that is surprising to me.
1: Do you remember what Mike Rapoli said years ago when somebody talked to him about buying the Mets? It's when the Will Ponds were looking for those $20 million stakes. And it okay. was like, oh, you know, my. And, you know, he's the founder of Vitamin Water and he's a big Mets fan, the whole thing. Body and, armor as well, yeah. Yeah, I think Rapoli's take was, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something like, why would I do that? <laughs> why, you know, I enjoy the Mets. Uh, I can just buy the best season tickets ever and get all the perks and sit there and watch this team and, you know, d- die with the mistakes and, and enjoy it and not have all the headaches of having to be the owner of the team. I wonder if any of that resonates with Steve Cohen right now.
0: That's a good question. He's I, a busy
1: guy. He's a, he's a busy guy with SAC Capital. I'd he's, love to. Point all, .72 asset, asset management, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty busy guy. And, you know, diverting some of that tension to, to the Mets. Like, we, like we've said, sports are a crazy front porch. Like, you are going to devote a lot of time. Little things become big things with the sports team, and you have to go address the team. You have to go address the media. Any little thing that pops up, you are the face of that franchise, and you have to pay attention to I'm just curious if he's like, you know, would be really nice to own a, a piece of the team, you know, be able to go in the locker room, get the cool jacket and parking space and not have to worry about this stuff.
0: I, I would love to also ask this question to Todd Bowley, who who did not put up the bulk of the money to buy Chelsea, but is, is the man making the, the big decisions and... Another owner who has spent a lot of money in the early part of his tenure uh to uh underwhelming i think it's fair to say underwhelming results so far uh i yeah I would love to hear todd and 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 Steve talk about their their early lessons from from the, at least their newest sports investments and what 's gone right and what 's gone wrong
1: yeah I mean, a lot of these guys uh, and women getting into ownership feel like I can win <laughs> you know i can, I can because it 's me I know what i'm doing i i, I my secret sauce. I'm going to win, and you can do everything right. And people ask me all the time, would be prospective owners of teams ask me about it all the time. And I say, one thing, this is the counsel, the, the scary part. You can do everything right and still lose. And That's it, a tough spot to be. I
0: grew up as a Mets fan. I'm, I'm not a Mets fan anymore, but I, I, I do know a lot of people. Who's your who's favorite still player? Still Let me jump. Who's your favorite player? Give me your give me young,
1: Novi, no, young Novi Williams. It, who, who's your it favorite player? was Ray Ardonez?
0: Yeah, the, Yeah, the flashy, the flashy glove. Yeah. Mrs.
1: Nancy Lopez
0: could not. Oh, is that right? Oh, did, you didn't know did, that. Not, did not know that. No. Or was that? Wait, um, wait. Or
1: Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I was thinking Ray Knight. Ray Knight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My, Ray Ardonez,
0: uh was uh, Ray. one Boy, of the that best was a big field, screw. <laughs> fielding shortstops. Um, uh, yeah, I love Ray Ardonia's, but but I, I know a lot of Mets fans still, and, and and we still talk about the team. It seems so. Obvious and and easy for Steve Cohen early on, right? Just buy this team, spend money, get people yeah, excited. Get the two best pitchers, and you're gonna win <laughs> the World yeah, Series. Yeah, and it, it just like obvious. It seems so clear, and and now I think it's a little bit more complicated because yeah. uh, spending money to put a good team on the field uh, is only goes as far as watching that team play. And if the team underperforms, then I think you you kind of run the risk of of, of running into the same Mets frustrations that fans have felt for a long time.
1: You know who doesn't. Feel those frustrations, and you know I, I'm good on the transitions. Mm. Who doesn't feel these frustrations? What else have we talked about? What, what, what else are we talking about?
0: Are you talking about J- Josh Harris? Well, no, he feels the frustrations. No, okay, because you know he is also he, being treated like a savior right now Yeah, Washington. yeah, he's got some yeah.
1: time. But, you know, I, well, well, I mean, I guess this is—well, it's tied to Josh Harris, but it's just on the other side. Yeah. Because— Arctos and Ian Charles and Doc O'Connor. Sure. They up their stake in HBSE. So we're related to HBSE as Harris Plitzer Sports and Entertainment, owner of Sixers, Devils, Prudential Center. Um, but they're like minority owners. They passive minority yeah. investor. You know, this is really about the numbers for them. Uh, they don't have the headache. Something goes wrong with the team. Nobody knows who Ian Charles is. Nobody's expecting Doc O'Connor to get on the podium and explain why this picture didn't work. <laughs> They're investors in the team. They go, they get whatever they want. But it's really, at the, at the end of the day, it's really just about the numbers. And Josh and David Blitzer can worry about having to explain things to the fans.
0: Yeah, the Arctos, as you said, the, the news last week that, that that we broke at Sportico, uh, investing a, a bigger stake into HBSE, it's, it's the third, at least, team that Arctos has invested in and then invested in again a little bit later. They did the same with the Tampa Bay Lightning and with the Golden State Warriors. Um, the The private equity era, Scott, in sports is continuing to blossom. Arctos now is more than 20, at least uh, 20 sports franchises around uh, the U.S. And, and, and there's an Italian soccer team, I think, in there as well. So there's it's more than just the U.S. at this point. Uh, but a really interesting portfolio that, that you're right is, is built – in the exact opposite mold of what you're talking about with Steve Cohen, which is passive minority stakes, not making any decisions, kind of agnostic in some ways to, to who these play, these teams put on the field and who they decide to sign or who they decide to trade, because they're really investing at a macro level in the uh, in, in, in the ecosystem as a whole.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not about wins and losses for them. It's not about the daily struggle. It's about the five, seven, nine, ten year horizon of uh, are these assets going to continue to appreciate, and that goes around all the ten poles things we talk about: real estate, media. That that's what everybody's that's what everybody's looking at. And and, um, and some
0: really interesting timing here, which I do want to get your your thoughts on. Uh, th- these negotiations happened as Josh Harris, that group with. David Blitzer, as a minority partner, was negotiating and then eventually closed on that $6.05 billion commander's deal. Uh, I think what I heard and and what you heard as well is that Arctos was potentially involved in an early stage of the financing in that before before things changed a little bit. but I imagine this is not a coincidence, right, Josh? Josh Four syllables. was l- looking to raise some money, and this is a good way to, uh, to take some money off the table in another asset of his.
1: Four syllables, liquidity. <laughs> that's, that, <laughs> that's it. I mean, he already has – I mean, did we – I'm not sure what the, at the end there, what was the final number of limited partners in, the, in this purchase? I don't remember what it was. 20-something, Yeah, something? yeah. yeah uh, among, among the, uh, the chock-fullest of ownership groups – in the NFL, uh, this was just one of the ways, yeah, if, if Arctos couldn't come in straight up on the commanders, this is a way for Josh and Blitz to, to raise some money. They can utilize it any way they want, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, that you know liquidity to uh, to be contributed to that $6.05 billion purchase of the football team, for sure. Yeah, before, before. I mean, it, it is not happenstance that these two things uh, happened in... Uh, in, what, what do we want to say? Adjacent time spheres. I, it, it was it was close in, in timetable.
0: I think that's right, and I don't know if we talked about it, Scott, but but uh, you wrote something a couple weeks ago about Arctos. Uh, Essentially, expanding beyond sports, getting into the pri- uh, new fund for private markets, going to give some of the sports team owners that it has invested with uh, preferable, I-, I believe, rates when it comes to co-investing alongside them or, or, or investing yeah, into no, that That's fund investing directly. into private equity
1: firms. Yeah, go exactly, moving into exactly. private, taking the sports model into private equity.
0: And I think that's a really smart move by Arctos because it. it not only is it obviously a, a new pool of things to invest in, uh, but it also uh, it, it, it gives a value add to the network, right? It is it is an addition to if you if you let Arctos buy 5% of your NBA team, right? And one of the things you're also getting here is access into this other thing that we're doing financially that if it proves to be successful uh, can become part of the pitch. So well, I, I think that's part of the, the thinking there for Arctos.
1: As well. And you also want to be ahead of the curve, right? our uh, Arctos was a way for a bunch of investment vehicles to get in on sports, whereas they didn't have that entree and that not long ago included sovereign wealth. Yeah. Um, now we've seen multiple deals where varying sovereign wealth funds have cut out the middleman. Yeah. Right. The PIF deal with the PGA that's, that's direct. You have the uh, Qatari Investment Fund, QIA, directly going to Monumental Sports and Entertainment. So if I'm sort of an Arctos, or if I'm a i Dial, or if I'm a Pharma Dynasty Equity, I'm going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. These were the folks that we used to you know, raise money raise money from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they used to give us money, and then we would be the vehicle to go into the sports asset. And now they're going direct to the teams and the leagues and the, boy, is there, is there something going on here that I need to pay attention to? do I need to figure uh, another line of work? I mean, I, I'm sure there will still be vehicles for or pathways for these private equity firms and these sort of passive funds. Um, but certainly something you want to get out ahead of. If if this is where people are going, uh, if there is a direct to route, you really got to uh, pivot and see what else is there available to us.
0: In the past, let's say six months, we've seen an the Ottawa Senators sell for about a billion dollars. The, the Phoenix Suns sell for $4 billion. The, the Commanders just sold for 6050000000 billion. I, I'm kind of surprised that there aren't more owners that are... Thinking, you know what? This is this is the time to get out right now. Um, do well, you think, think there we're are on the limited see, side? The limited there partners. certainly there are a on the limited ton side
1: of limited partners who are trying to get out.
0: And, and there's there's obviously limited there's LP discounts as well. Do you think we're going to see in the next couple of years more, or even the next couple of months more more control stakes that that come up because. I mean, there's just as many stakes like the, you mentioned, the Angels, the Nationals, which were on the market, then, then we're not. It seems like the, the prices are so high right now. I, mean, I guess I'm a little surprised that more owners are not saying, you know what, well, at least let me know what this is worth in the open market and then let me make a decision.
1: It's easy to look at the top line uh, in terms of number of transactions. But I think we need to kind of peel back a little bit and say what was the reasons for some of those transactions. Obviously, with uh, Eugene Melnick, we had a death. So, you know, that was not like an owner chose to sell. It was, sure. That was an estate sale. Uh, with Dan Snyder, we had these investigations and sort of this, is he being forced out? There was an action taken upon him, uh, which is why he then chose to get out. Wasn't he, I don't think if you had told, if, if Mary Jo White report, if, if the allegations, if all of that never happens, Dan Snyder knows that this team is worth five to six billion dollars. Is he selling? Was he looking to sell? Probably I not. say no. Yeah. 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 Would he sell a piece maybe? You know, I, I think the LPs might have looked to, to get out, but Dan is the control owner. I don't, I don't think he's looking to get out. Are the Joneses looking to sell? What would the Cowboys sell for on the open market? <laughs> They're not looking to sell. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a buy and hold in the family. So I think you need to look at the motivations as well. And there's a lot of unanswered questions in terms of uh, estate planning. Um, what else is in the portfolio? Do you need? Uh, did your core business take a hit with COVID? You know that was one of those things with a lot of LPs. Their core businesses took hits. They needed the liquidity. Uh, is that true of the of the gen, the general partners as well? Yeah, I think you need to look at a bigger than just sort of a well. They're worth a lot of money, and these guys want to get out.
0: That, that may be what what drove Michael Jordan yeah. in the end. Mike, I actually, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if we actually really know the motivation there. But but his could have been a this, the, the iron is hot right now. I might as well strike.
1: Yeah. And by the way, he's got the race team, the NASCAR race team as well. He wasn't exactly having a lot of success on there, um, on the basketball court. So yeah, that could have been one of those. And by the way, staying in, right? Staying in for peace. So still that's, you're, you're trading the headache for the, I'm still involved. I can still share in the upside. I still get a piece of this thing. I can still show up and whenever I want, but when something goes wrong, I am not the one with the microphone in my face. Yeah. I don't have to answer questions anymore. You know, Gabe Plotkin, it's on you. You, <laughs> so. know, who, you know
0: who's not staying in, Scott? University of Colorado is not oh, staying hold on, in. Hold on, hold <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs>
0: on.
1: Well done. Prime time. You're ready for prime time.
0: Prime yeah, time. Williams. Uh De- Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes leaving the Pac-12 uh, to return to the Big 12 um, I, I won't call this shocking news because I feel like I've been hearing it was a possibility for the past uh, for the past twelve months. But but the more the Pac-12 every day the Pac-12 goes without getting its media deal locked in, the more vulnerable the conference seems to be to schools leaving. And there's already chatter about. Arizona Arizona state and Utah may be looking at the Big 12, Oregon and Washington looking at the Big 10. The super
1: um, conferences are here. It
0: is yeah, the the we may be witnessing the the demise of the big, big, the Pac-12. We we may not be, who knows, but I don't the,
1: mean to poke fun and I don't want to be nasty Evan, cuz yep. you know that's not me, but I have a funny feeling um you know UCLA, USC are out. Yep. I have a funny feeling that the next broadcast deal for the Pac-12 will be on AM radio. <laughs>
0: And if that's true, uh, a lot of other schools are going to leave. <laughs> a lot of other schools are, are going to leave. That will not as well. help
1: the revenue. Yeah, that will not help the revenue. I can say that with, with with absolute certainty. That will not be enough to keep the schools around.
0: And and a, a really really good big uh, Big Twelve turnaround. They hired uh, Brett Yormark uh, to, to be the commissioner. He immediately leapfrogged the Pac twelve and got his media deals done. They were losing. They're two most important members, Texas and, and Oklahoma, yep. but they have retooled. They added four schools for this year. They're going to add Colorado, and we'll see what what, what comes after that. Um, the the in, in the fight for survival in this second tier of college conferences, which which includes the the ACC, the Big Twelve, and the Pac twelve, uh, it really feels as though the Big Twelve is on the way up in some ways, and I think that the, the the ACC and the and the Pac twelve are kind of treading water. To a degree. I, I have a feeling, Scott, you mentioned the super conferences. I think we're really at the beginning of a, a really big conference realignment wave that probably ends up the way that you and I and most people think it does, which is an, an AFC and an NFC, a, a, an SEC and a, and, a, and a Big Ten, one with ESPN, one with Fox, and, and and let that be the dominant thing in college sports and let everything else be be a tier or multiple tiers below it.
1: You say, Brett, you Mark, and he's a friend. I think big collars on his shirts. I think big cufflinks, cufflinks. Uh, <laughs> on his wrists. And I think big moves. And his management philosophy is, uh, you take a new gig, it's do something big early. Like, don't, don't talk about it. Don't, don't uh, think about it. Do something big. Uh, what is it? Uh, as Nuc Lalouche would have said, he wanted to announce his presence with authority. And that's what he did. Like you said, it was critical. Locked up that big broadcast contract, and it put him in a very good position and my, my guess is the, uh, the Pac-12 was probably wishing they had moved a little bit faster.
0: And, and, and you, Brett and, and the Big 12, are they, they, they announced a little while ago, um, going to do some stuff in Mexico. They're doing things now that you can do when you have the free time that was previously being spent on the media yeah. contract to, to really get innovative and think about it. Another interesting thing that they're looking at, according to reports, is UConn. Um, yeah. which uh, not a particularly good football program, but a very, very good basketball program. Uh, basketball does not bring in the money that football brings in, but Brett apparently really likes the idea of Yukon's proximity to New York city and an uh, East coast presence. Uh, and the we're ability play, we're to playing the events. Rutgers
1: territorial game. It's the, it's the New York DM yeah, I think market. It's, oh, it's, it's
0: less for the, the has media he been to stores? It's not close it. to New it's, York. I think it's less for the media portion and more just for the kind of the events, the relevance, the, the, the the, yeah. the the geographical proximity kind of stuff. But again, I think that you're seeing in the stuff that the big 12 is doing now, not just adding Colorado, but the freedom to think outside the box when you have your media deal already locked in that the PAC 12, I think is struggling to do because they are obviously singular focused right now on getting that deal done and then seeing what they have when the dust
1: settles. All right. Obviously I knew Danny Hurley was the basketball coach at UConn fresh off the championship yep did you, like I I still because it shows you how old I am I I would have said like Randy Etzel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> didn't he leave you got to go to Maryland or I don't know yes. like, like five coaches ago do you know who the coach is
0: is it Bob Diaco
1: is it Bob Diaco I don't I've never it used heard to be of Bob Diaco. Diaco I think it's Jim Mora oh okay <laughs> right well that feels like right? an older name <laughs> yeah yeah uh, is it Jim Moore is that right
0: uh, that, that sounds right. Uh, <laughs> okay. So there we go. There College we go. football podcast, we are not, clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah we, are, we are not.
1: But who's the, who's the football coach at UConn? I, I, I don't know. That's, that's, so that, that, that's all. Hey, yeah, it does look like it's Jim Mora. yeah. Okay. You know where um, where our friend Brett Yormark saved his time? Like you said, now he has the time to devote to other things. It, we, uh, we haven't had the chance to really delve into this in a sports business way. But uh, his statement about Colorado, he went with the— <laughs> The two word. I oh, look know. at you! I, look at what is I that? You, that was a t- that was an editorial <laughs> simply with your eyes. Wow! Well, I'm going to say it with my words. There in was a second, there was disdain. <laughs> there was there was a whole lot of stuff in that. Wow! All right, but anyway, the statement from the uh, from the commissioner read, "They're back," which I sent to you and said, "Hey, look at look at Brett. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were, everybody knows that was the Michael Jordan return. It's I'm back. So." Pivoting off the Michael Jordan, borrowing it to their back in the conference. Um, I don't know, Brett. I, I, I want something more creative. I, I want a little I, something more creative.
0: I agree with you. I, I find that the this is a, it's obviously one of the most famous uh, press releases in sports, and, and its terseness uh, I think was part of the appeal back then. <laughs>
1: and its tersenicity.
0: <laughs> there are a lot of people, and I off the top of my head I can't name them, but this gets used <laughs> a lot. There's people do the I'm that back, good. they're back, we're yeah, back, yeah. and just the dash thirty dash. Um, I think it's time to retire that. That was a very Ma- Michael 20... did a great thing, and I think we can leave it. Uh, we can leave it at that moving forward, and then I'll get off my soapbox.
1: That was a very 2023 U.S. political system response right there. There are a lot of people I can't name any of them, but there were a lot of people who say this <laughs> on the spot. I can't, but I
0: know that this is, this is a format that gets used a lot. Uh, in 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 press releases in sports uh, in the past few years, and I'm uh, I for one, I'm willing to stand up and say, I'm done with it.
1: All right, Brett, uh, Eben Novi-Williams would like a word with you. Uh, Speaking of words from Eben Novi-Williams, go ahead, close us out, Mr. E-N-W. He is Scott
0: Soschnick on Twitter, at Soschnick. I am Eben Novi-Williams on Twitter, at Novi underscore Williams. The Sportacast is produced by Aaron Greenewald and Keith Zanardi. Shout out to both of them. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.
1: Best one yet.